I don't think we have to convince you that great preparation precedes great presentation, but sometimes we just don't live by that. In this show, we want to share five ways to maximize your prep and make things a little easier. My name is Elizabeth West, and I want to welcome you to the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast, where our mission is to equip and encourage worship leaders and teams and practical components of local church worship. We're so thrilled to have you listening to our podcast, and our prayer is that it will be helpful to you and your teams. If you have any thoughts or questions, feel free to reach out to us at worshipleadertoolbox.com. We'd also be honored if you would subscribe and share it with others. Heading now to today's episode. All right, I'm glad to have you here today, and this podcast episode is uh, based on a blog post that is out today if you are listening on the day this episode drops you can visit worshipleadertoolbox.com and find that blog post right at the top of the blog tab and if you're listening to this another time you can still find that post you'll just have to dig around a little bit but uh, i want to share today um, these these five different ways just kind of practical things that you can prepare and use as preparation tools for making and having a consistent great presentation on sunday mornings or saturday nights or whenever your worship service is if presentation isn't clicking well, and when I say presentation, I just mean the way that your worship team is helping to lead the church through music and the other arts and the technology, all that blended well together so that there's not any barriers or any hindrance to people being free to worship. And so if that's not clicking well, whenever you are in front of people, in front of your church, then it's it's usually not a problem just with the presentation, although there can be those issues. It's usually you have to take about three or four steps back and see where the problem is really stemming from. Is it stemming from a lack of good rehearsal or a lack of good chords or, you know, charts? Is it stemming from a lack of communication or what is it stemming from? You can look back on that and you can uh, get a glimpse of what you need to fix in order to move forward. But one of the jobs of the worship leader, in addition to leading the church, praying for the church and organizing your teams and all that stuff is to make sure that preparation is happening well for uh, your whole ministry. But here's the first practical thing, and that is your standing meeting. Do you have a regular set meeting with your pastor or others on the planning team? Just to talk through the flow and the songs and the theme and the, the order for worship. There's all kinds of styles of how pastors prepare for worship and preaching, and some are way planned out and some are last minute. So you got to kind of work your standing meeting around in such a way that you're able to uh, aid their giftedness and aid their ministry. And at times you can nudge them a little bit and encourage them to get things going a little quicker if if they are kind of more last minute. And that never hurts either. People always enjoy the expectation giving, especially when it's done lovingly and in a supportive way. So you need a regular system for checking in with your team. If you're spending every week trying to find the time slot to meet up with your team for whatever it is you need to do, then you're going to be spending a lot of time just trying to find a time. And so figure out the best uh, standing meeting time that you know something's going to happen. And once you get that, it may last for you know forever or it might just last for a season. you got to find another standing meeting time. But once you do that, that's one practical step for great preparation. Now what happens in those meetings are pretty varied. Um, and I also know that, you know, there's the pre COVID answer to a lot of this and the post COVID answer, everybody's trying to come back out of that. We used to have quite a rhythm of weekly meetings and meetings 
uh, six weeks before each message series. And some of that has kind of been morphed a little bit. But we still do have a meeting of, of uh, connecting before Wednesday to talk through songs and flow and order. And some of that is done digitally just through uh, the Slack app with the pastor and worship leaders. And there's also a couple other standing meetings in our ministry. And Elizabeth, you're part of one of these, and that's the Wednesday afternoon standing meeting somewhere around 3.30, <laughs> 4 o'clock. And, uh, and all of a sudden, people show up. And Ryan comes. We start dragging out stuff. We get the youth band set up, which in turn makes it easier sort of to get everything ready for the worship rehearsal for the worship band later. And that is kind of a standard deal. Somewhere around 3.30 or 3.45, Everybody kind of converges. We clear the stage and reset and do things that need to be done. Make sure we got some bugs worked out and video links in and all that stuff. And that's just become a, a standard time. And so if you know you need to talk to somebody, all you have to do is uh, wait for that meeting time. It's amazing how fruitful you will be when you have a deadline. And those deadlines are important. Every worship ministry and every pastor has the ongoing, somewhat crazy, grueling deadline of every seven days. And that's important too. But what I'm talking about is your own created deadlines. Like the Tuesday worship meeting isn't for Sunday. It's for the following Sunday. And of course, you can always do the last minute brush up for this Sunday. But what if you were in the mode of talking about 10 days away and not just three, four, or five? And that is where you start seeing the fruit of creativity and planning that is the result of accountability and deadlines in your ministry and with your team. And when you're doing that with somebody else, then you're going to have a much better chance of having a really great presentation because you had this meeting time. So jump into figuring out a standing meeting it happens every week or regular intervals. The second way that you can prepare is intentional rehearsals. We have several podcast episodes about uh, rehearsals and how to do them and how to work in them well. But just overall, a well-prepared and efficiently run rehearsal honors everyone, the team, the church, and, and your goals for what you're trying to do. If you're haphazard during rehearsal, it's really going to spill over to ineffective leadership and the presentation is going to suffer when the church assembles. And so what we want to do as a worship leader, as a worship team, is to have things ready for rehearsal. Have the tech ready, have the chord charts spruced up, begin and end the, the rehearsal time with prayer, stay, stay disciplined to like the start and the end time. And here's a, here's a thought that I think we've shared before. If you have to mess with something for 10 minutes, like you can't get a iPad logged into, or you got to deal with some tech problem or some one individual person is having trouble with, with music stuff. If you take 10 minutes out of a group rehearsal, you haven't just used 10 minutes up you have actually wasted 10 minutes times however many people you have standing around watching you. If you have eight people in your worship band, then you spend 10 minutes messing around with one little tech issue, then you have just wasted 80 minutes, 10 minutes in everybody's life and everybody's time. And I know that kind of maybe gets trivial, and of course we want to help individuals and, and, and love everybody, but do your best to make sure that that 60 to 90 minute rehearsal time is full of things that everybody is involved in. So we don't have people just waiting. If the tech ministry is kind of still messing around with stuff as people are about ready to start, then um, you you have a, a bunch of people just killing time. And it's, it's an enormous amount of minutes when you times it by the number of people. In our ministry, we set up worship in, a, in basically a multi-purpose room. 
every single week we have to roll out the soundboard, roll up the stage curtain, and uh, plug everything in and get everything ready. And that stage transitions on multiple occasions for student ministry worship and um, closing it down for basketball games and other preschool events, all kinds of stuff. And I know there's all kinds of scenarios for church plants, but whatever you do, try to figure out a way for your rehearsal to be intentional and effective and to make sure that people feel like they are uh, really um, making the most. And that is what's going to help you have the best possible presentation on the weekend. Now, when you're uh, serving with volunteers, one of the things worship leaders need to do is make sure that they are guarding their time and um, building a culture of everybody come ready to the best of their ability with what they need to know so that you can rehearse together. Sometimes people might show up to a rehearsal night and, and of course there's, you know, bad weeks in life and things go down that you can't uh, have any control over. But just the general everyday week when things are firing on all cylinders, if somebody shows up to your worship practice and they say, wow, is that a new song? I've never heard that one before. That definitely indicates that they have no idea what's coming up on the list. They are just showing up just to try to do whatever they can. And that's tough on everybody else. So I realize you're working with volunteers for the most part, but do your best to build a culture of rehearsing together, but practicing and preparing at home before you get there. And one other thought about this, and that is that rehearsals are really a contract. Of course, there are times when you want to be flexible and uh, do what you can do to, to make things work as you get closer to the weekend or even that, that morning, Sunday morning, or whenever your church service is. But you definitely want to uh, agree to honor the contract that you made with your worship team members. The keys of the song, the styles of the song, the flow of the song, everybody is involved in that from the tech on down. And so if you have to do something last minute, apologize to your team because you have just broken the contract for that week. Use those times very sparingly. Don't just all the time make changes at the very last minute. The third one is to be well documented. And documentation may not really be your gift. I know in my world, it's not always my gift either. Actually, I probably document everything under the sun, but when it comes time for it, I can't find it. So that's not very good either. But organized documentation. Um, whether you need to learn it or whether you need to delegate it, here are some things that you can document that are going to make Sunday mornings much, much better. Some of those things are rehearsal flow, like when are you going to meet and what time do you need people to be there? Are they going to meet 15 minutes early to be ready for downbeat at 7 or do they kind of linger in at 7 and then get ready to start? The weekend serving schedule, that needs to be well documented. Who is on it? who's participating, what their role is for that week, what they need to know, and what time they need to be there. Sometimes that just gets in a groove. Everybody kind of understands because they're from the same, you know, kind of same people every week or whatever. Here are a few other things you might want to document. Expectation for your team members, things like dress code, how they do social media on Sundays, what they do during worship, during the sermon, especially if you have two or three services and, and they don't need to necessarily listen to the sermon all three times. What do your people do? Those are the things that need to be documented so that you can keep a great uh, flow going, um, whether you're there or not, or you know, as your team grows. Here's one other thing, and this probably will eventually help in preparation for getting people involved on Sunday, and that is how people get involved in your ministry. So most often, that's kind of an unknown. You have to have that documented well, even if it's just a simple process of saying, 
talk to the worship leader to get involved in the worship ministry. Whatever that case is, you want people to be able to to join in. All right, so here's one more thing you can document, and that is the vision for your ministry for the next three years. Uh, anything you might want just to have down that you're working toward, that you're looking for a way to grow your ministry. Um, and I also just thought of one more note here that I see but had left out, and that is documenting transitions. Sometimes uh, worship leaders work so hard on the songs, then they get up there and it's time to say something and they have no idea what to say or they say the same basic thing every week. And so you want to document sometimes at least what you're going to say in between songs and as you transition. So in some ways, worship ministry, most people see it as the 25, 30 minutes on the stage during worship, but it behind the scenes is a lot of basic details that may not even be all that fun for some people. There might be parts you don't like, but your ministry is requiring and, and counting on you to maximize the prep so that the presentation is awesome. So we have the first three. In just a minute, we'll take a break, but we have a standing meeting to plan well, an intentional rehearsal to get her on board, well-documented so that uh, not only does the week flow well, but the schedule flows well and all that type of stuff. So before we take a little break here, um, Elizabeth, anything that you have about that? I did like have a thought, and I feel like it could go with like two of these, like intentional rehearsal and well-documented. Um, You're efficient. One thought for two points. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's really important to like have details in place because people like to know stuff. And like for me, like if there's not a lot of details in something, then I start wondering about stuff. So you'd rather read an email that just has every little thing like, don't forget on Sunday, everybody's got to make sure that they get together because we're going to be doing this and this and this. <laughs> like, you, do you read long emails with a lot of details? Yeah. Like, I like to have, like, details because... So I guess you got to word emails and various planning things with, like, the headline and the gist of what you need to know. And then for people that want to read more, they just yeah start reading more. So because you like reading details... And knowing them in advance, does that make you want to give more details whenever you're sending out information to people? Or do you kind of still not send a lot of details? I feel like I try to be detailed because, like, I don't want people to be, like, wondering what in the world is going on. <laughs> that is good. Well, that, that opens up a... I feel convicted. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, we'll... uh We'll talk more about that, but first of all, we'll take this commercial break before the last two. So we have these five things that you can use to maximize your prep because great prep will precede great presentation. So we have a standing meeting that is, once you set it, it's a lot easier to actually meet, hold accountable to that. Intentional rehearsal, well-documented, and Elizabeth threw in this idea of more details, the better, and that really is true on documentation and for people getting ready for rehearsal. So the more you can say, the better off it is. Here is uh, number four, forced creativity. Now, this is also another fun one that we could talk about, I'm sure. But um, forced creativity is really almost an oxymoron for like creative people. They don't really want to just say, oh, I've got to I've got to be creative. Hardly anybody feels like they can just do that. But, but the truth is, if you wait until inspiration hits, then you're always going to be 
kind of one step behind to some degree. Sometimes it'll work really well, but it won't be consistent if you're just waiting for this inspiration. So you basically have to create the conditions for your inspiration and your creativity to happen on some sort of schedule to some degree. So I'm, I consider myself a creative thinker. I like to think about ways to do things and, and new ways of doing things and uh, ways to connect with people in general. And so I sort of, even saying that, still want to reserve the right to throw something out at the last minute that comes to my mind. But on the other hand, as your world of worship ministry grows, your last minute creative ideas just aren't going to have the punch unless you are going to uh, do all the work to make it happen yourself and and pull it off. And even then, sometimes it, it can backfire. But these days, uh, planning teams really have to be ahead of the game because they are uh, trying to pull off really creative components in worship that require preparation and advanced planning and all the other stuff. And on top of that, you have all these people around who are also counting on your creative planning to happen early enough so that they can produce the video or create the video or find the video or uh, practice the drama or practice the song or prepare the slides or the graphics or whatever it is that you want to do, order the supplies, whatever it is, is probably going to take time. And you might have heard the old saying somewhere in there that you have good, fast, and cheap, and you can pick two. If it's good and fast, it's not going to be cheap. If it's cheap and fast, it's not going to be good. And if it's good and cheap, it's not going to be fast. So we have to kind of change our way of thinking to set deadlines for creative components and think ahead. And I've I've kind of uh, experienced this my whole life and have learned slowly, I guess, over the years that that is a big part of it, that we got to trust that God is at work in advance in our heart and life. And sometimes it is amazing. You pick a song, who knows how many weeks in advance, and that is the song that needs to be there. Or the message title hits at a time when, even though it's planned week in advance, that, that something else is going on in the world or the community. So what this requires is basically spending time in prayer and um, and thinking about the various things that are coming up in your church or thinking about the various components that you have to work with. So whether or not your pastor is a planner or not, you still have a pool of components that you can say, all right, I know that this person can sing or play or do some special ministry thing, has some gift. And you just start looking for ways or times to include that person or plug them in, have some sort of special thing that just happens as a part of worship. It doesn't necessarily have to be exactly tied to the whole entire theme, but just a part of worship. And, um, and then I guess the simplest nutshell of this is that you pretty much just have to sit down and try to be creative. And I know that doesn't sound cool, but when you do, you are giving a gift to your church. And the gift is forced creativity. On my other blog, timpriceblog.com, I somewhere along the way a few years back wrote a, a post that uh, was nine proven ways to come up with a new idea. And I don't know what all those were exactly, but uh, I, I linked the post in, in the blog post here because uh, I just thought that'd be interesting to, to read to spur on your creativity. But one last thought about creativity being forced in our lives is in relation to the people who serve on our team. And um, I already kind of mentioned this, but basically when you see a gift in somebody's life, then find a place for them and build a culture of this phrase, Let's give this a try. 
when you have that culture of let's give this a try, it opens up a lot of freedom. People realize, hey, we're just trying this. We're going to see if we can have you know fun doing this or if there can be joy or if it can inspire others. We're just going to give it a try. And if it doesn't work, then well, we chalk that up to it didn't work and then we move on. But forced creativity is uh, may seem like an oxymoron to you, but you can begin to work it into your life. And as a result, you're going to have a much deeper and more inspirational and more worshipful um, service on Sunday. You're going to have a different presentation because you spent time somewhere before the Saturday before actually planning ahead. All right, that's the fourth one. I guess I should add, um, uh, Elizabeth, you've experienced a little bit of this with us too, but um, sometimes, what, for whatever reason, it's easier to do that forced creativity stuff whenever you are gearing up for a, like an event, like a major event, like Fire Up. We were, well, maybe we already mentioned this on the podcast, but we actually went out and tested a Chinese lantern because we had a big dream of doing like a send off lantern thing. And it backfired and did not work at all. And it turns out the warnings scared us off because you can't be around buildings and that's all we're around. So we decided not to do it at all. But there were several other components that we did have to plan ahead for. And um, and we kind of pushed hard for you know three or four months looking toward this event. And I know that Sundays come a little quicker and it's kind of the same people all the time. But what if we just thought about Sundays being, every Sunday was a special event. How would that change your thinking about like, oh, well, we better make this creative, make that creative and do this. Okay, the last one, number five, is constant communication. So we have these four things that help us with um, great prep so that we have great presentations, a standing meeting, intentional rehearsal, well-documented, forced creativity, and the last one is constant communication. Even the simplest of reminders can spur on connections and a feeling of belonging in your team. So if you just send a little note that says, oh, is anybody free for this date? We're going to try to do this. Or we had this planned, but now we have to cancel it because something has come up. Whatever the case is, your team is going to feel more in part of things if they have like inside scoop and uh, a connection to that. So some of the things you can update your team about are just, you know, changes in, in the service or change in a key of a song before their rehearsal time. So everybody can change that on their own. Or a, a note about a big Sunday coming up or a, a big church announcement that's going to happen. Any of those things can help people feel like they're part of your group. But also communication allows for you to schedule people in a timely manner and keep people in the loop on what they're doing, what Sunday they're serving, and what they're going to be doing on that Sunday. And um, this constant communication is pretty much going to um, be the glue that keeps your team growing and serving and enjoying it for the long haul. And I wish I had some statistics. I should probably start that one of these days or, or maybe not. Maybe let everybody keep track of their own statistics. But we have people in our worship team that have been playing for years and years and years. And, and even though we do a rotation kind of method with uh, several different people serving various Sundays instead of every single week, there are a lot of people in our ministry who have done a ton of stuff. And I just think uh, a ton of Sundays, ton of years, that's just it's just awesome. And so... Um, that just made me think about as far as enjoying it for the long haul. I'm not sure if I am the, the poster child for great um, communication all the time, but over the years, there has been relationships developed, and uh, most everybody is in my phone contacts. Everybody's in the loop, and um, we have this opportunity to serve together. 
So that's the five. And then the last one is um, don't forget to pray for your church and ministry. And sometimes we just add that in and that would be like number six. But I sort of just want to make sure that we know that all these Worship Leader Toolbox podcast episodes and blog posts are pretty practical. And undergirding any of them and all of them is this idea that we are called to be serving in the church right now at this time, wherever you are. And you're also called to uh, invite your people to pray and to serve with a humble heart and to model that. And most of that is going to come as you are in communion and connection with Jesus. And as soon as you start doing it on your own strength, then you have a, a, a problem. John 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. So you want to uh, add to these practical components a heart of desperate prayer and humility as you serve in God's kingdom. Otherwise, the leadership is just going to be hollow and it's going to be ineffective. The presentation is going to be nothing no matter how hard you are trying. So this reliance on Jesus in our midst is a foundational to all the other advice and suggestions and thoughts that you'll hear here. hope you have a great week and I hope that you're able to um, take this list and put these simple things together. Not all easy, but they're pretty simple. Like you can, you can uh, figure out ways to make this happen so that every week you have a consistently great presentation of leading God's people in worship. So until next time, thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. We're praying for you and for all our listeners as we keep making an impact in the lives of worship leaders and worship teams around the globe. Before you go, we'd also like to let you know that we have two other podcasts through our ministry. One focused on ministry leadership is called Go Harvest, and the second one is a weekly five-minute devotion called Faithful Friday. You can find out more at harvestministryteams.com slash podcast or go to the link in the show notes. Thank you.